have you here. If you have a Bible, I want to turn to the book of 2 Corinthians. Second Corinthians chapter 7. I'm very happy to be in the house of the Lord. Good to, good to be here and good to have the Holy Ghost. All right. All right. Second Corinthians chapter 5. I might have said the wrong chapter. Chapter 5 and verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. Everybody said praise the Lord. I'd like to minister for a little while on letting go of the past and embracing the future. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible, of course, teaches us that, and I do feel like it teaches this over and over and over again, that uh, everybody has a past. You know, Everybody has things that uh, you've been involved with, you've been a part of, you've up in the middle of it. Uh, this is what you grew into. This is what you became. Uh, you have memories, some good, some not so good, but you have them. So you have things that you've already been involved with making it your past. I realize that every second we're moving into the future, and uh, but I want us to realize that Jesus, um, he, he would come by people in the days of his earthly ministry, the days when he was manifest in the flesh, okay? When the Spirit, he absolutely showed himself visible in the flesh. That's where your Bible said God was manifest in the flesh, okay? And so the Lord would go by people, and he would tell them, come and follow me. And they would drop what they were doing, and they would follow him. They were letting go of the past. I read where dear old Peter, he was uh, somehow or another, he, you know, he would seem to be the, the one that would stub his toe, shall we say, every so often. And, and then next thing you know, you'd read something where he would rally and he'd come back strong. And he, he was able to take it. You know, if you're going to make it, you've got to be able to take it. And, uh, Training and teaching and discipline and chastening of the Lord, which is a training. Uh, sometimes it seems a little bit harsher than uh, just using the word training when we hear chastisement. Uh, but then you also realize that he did even talk about a scourging. We'd kind of liken that to a spanking. So the Lord has his ways of training his people. But first and foremost, we've got to got to get out of it. We've got to say goodbye to that past. We've got to let that go. And Jesus would come by and they would let it go and they would, they would follow him into new, new paths, a new realm, and new experiences, and a new way of doing things. Uh, unfortunately, the Jewish as a whole, and I told this to a doctor, a Jewish doctor, just the other day. Uh, I got introduced to him and, and he was doing his thing in that place and I was doing my thing in that store and then our paths kind of crossed again and he uh, made a reference to something biblical, and, and so I used that, and I told him, I said, well, you know, I said, the only problem with the Jewish is, I, as a whole, I said, is that they, 
They wanted to stay in the past. I said, they didn't want to move along with God's program. And, and God has a program. He has a plan. And I said, and they failed to realize that everything in the Old Testament was a preview and is a preview, is a shadow and type, and uh, to show them what was to come. Even the point that the Scripture calls it, it is labeled as the Old Testament as opposed to the New Testament. There was an old will, and that had to be redone because they broke it, and it didn't go right, and it had a weakness pertaining to the flesh. And so the Lord was making it clear that we're going to upgrade. We're going to step into the Spirit. We're going to get out of this flesh, and we're going to get into the Spirit. We're going to give you a spiritual experience. And in so doing, you've got to be willing to let go of the old. Uh, Jesus made it clear in his teaching, uh, Matthew and Mark and also Luke, all three of the four accounts of the one gospel. He made it crystal clear. He said, nobody takes a, a garment and uh, it's old, and then you put a new piece in there where it's, where it's already got a problem. And he said, because it's not going to hold together. It's just going to become rents, and you're going to have a bigger problem than you had. It's not going to work. He said, you've got to get a whole new piece. You've got to get rid of the old. You've got to get the new. He used the same example about in those days they used wine skins. And he said, you're not going to take an old wine skin and put new wine in it because it's going to burst. Well, this is all about us. This is all teaching about us. We've got to repent. We've got to let go of the old. We've got to say, Lord, I'm sorry, okay? And in doing so, we're believing on his death. The gospel, the good news is there's a death, a burial, and a resurrection. And so we, we've got to uh, repent so that we can be believing on his death. He died for sin. We have to die to our individual sin. We have to stop it. We have to say we don't want that anymore. We don't want to be that way anymore. We don't want to have that bad temper anymore. We don't want those bad words coming out anymore. We don't want to be going to our feet, running to the wrong places and being among the wrong people and, uh, and the wrong environment. We, we don't want that anymore. We want to come out of that, okay? And it is written, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. Some people, uh, sometimes they... Uh, don't quite embrace this future like they should or they feel so different. Well, let me tell you the thing about different is when God's involved, it's a good difference. Okay, I don't want to be different just to be different. That can make me indifferent. I don't want to be like that. But I do want to embrace God's difference that he's made. He has for his church. He has made a difference between the church and the world. He's made a difference between the way his church does things and the way the world does things. Because God is the invisible head of the church. Satan is the invisible head of the world. He has this world in his, in his hands. They, they sing the old song, and I like the song, but, you know, he's got the whole world in his hands. But, but really, Satan is the one that's got the whole world in his hands. God has the church in his hands, okay? Now, God loves the world, but he wants people to come out of the world and come into his church. He wants them to become bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. He wants them to, again, let go of the old, let go of the past, and begin to embrace the future. There was a man by the name of Simeon. He, he was in the church house at that time called the synagogue. And, and under the law, 
And uh, during the time when Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John uh, wrote about their, their insight to Jesus Christ and the days of his earthly ministry, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John pretty much cover for us the, uh, uh, some genealogy and then the announcement of the birth of Jesus the Christ and that his name would be called Jesus and that uh, it gives to you then uh, about his earthly ministry during the days of his flesh when he walked among men and women, boys and girls, doing good, healing all that were sick and oppressed of the devil and casting the devil out and doing so many wonderful things right up to the point of his uh, passion where he was crucified, beaten and crucified, and then how that he did die and rose again from the dead and ascended up into heaven. These are basically in a highlight what the uh, outline, what the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four accounts of the one gospel give to us. And during this period of time, as I said, Jesus would go along and he would tap people, he would draw people, he would speak to people. And they would, uh, I, this man we just baptized Wednesday night here, I was in a, uh, a little restaurant, a little pancake house, and, and uh, something just, the Holy Ghost just moved between this me and this guy. And, and uh, next thing I know, he came over and shook my hand. He sat down next to me in the booth. And the other guy came up. He sat down next to Brandon. And uh, for an hour and a half, we had Bible study with this guy. And then he came out Wednesday night, and he got baptized. And how wonderful that was. God is pulling people. God is drawing people. But you've got to be willing to work with what God is doing and let go of the old, let go of the past. Let it go. And you've got to begin to step into God's future, what he has for you out in front of you. Uh, it's been said uh, uh, the future is here now, okay? The beauty of, of, the, of the future, the brightness of the future is here today. And we do uh, have our little thing that we've put out, our postcard, and future in action. Uh, we're, we're involved with this. We're, we're constantly stepping right into the next thing. Every day with Jesus is a brand new day. Every day he's got something wonderful going on, something great planned for your life. And the more that you're to realize that new bright future is going to be predicated on the more you let go of that dark old past. You let that go, those old habits, those old way of doing things. Because if, if, we're, if we're unwilling to repent of those things and let go of these things, then we're not going to be able to properly uh, take in and embrace and be successful in this future. We create an incompatibility, whereas the Lord wants us to become at one with Him. That's what the atonement was, at one. Okay? We want to get one with the Lord. We don't want to be in opposition or contrary. That's how we have lived in our past. We've been contrary to the Lord and because we were born in sin and we were misshapen, shall we say, by lawlessness. The spirit of the enemy in this world and the prince and the power of the air, the environment, it all worked to misshape us and to make us think wrong and do wrong, inspire us and lure us to go in wrong directions. But the Lord comes along into our life, and we have an opportunity to get out of that past. Even as it was shown in a shadow and a type, as I said, the Jewish didn't, as a whole did not embrace that when Moses was sent as the deliverer, a type of Jesus Christ, down to Egypt to get the people who were praying because of their terrible situation. And we're calling on God and saying, get us out of this mess. Things are terrible and we're getting beat and whipped and everything's wrong. And this is so contrary to how it should be. And it's been over 400 years and we're in a mess, you know. And so sure enough, the Lord raises up Moses and 
trains him and teaches him, and after a 40-day, uh, talk about getting your degree, <laughs> 40 years to get that degree, and he comes out of, he comes out of that, that desert there, and he goes down because God sent him down to Egypt, and he gets there, and he begins to show them and speak to the elders about what the plan is, and so finally everybody's getting together, 3 million-plus people, and they start after God slapped the snot out of Pharaoh in Egypt with 10 plagues, and now they're headed out to worship the Lord. They're headed out, and they're leaving the past. They're leaving 400 years of past, and they're walking generation after generation, things that got embedded in them. Well, we do it this way because, uh, well, we've always done it this way. That's the only reason they have. We've always done it this way. That past, that locked down on them. And they begin, though, to move away from that. And it took a little time, you know. Uh, Moses had to show the sign, and Moses had to speak to the elders, and Moses had to go to Pharaoh time and time again to let my people go. You know, the past gets a real grip on us, and it doesn't want to let go. Sin gets a real grip on us, and it doesn't want to let go. But the power of the Holy Ghost, is greater than the power of the Spirit that's dealing with that past in your life. Greater, he said, is within you than he that's within this world. And he set Moses down and gave him that, that rod and, and the sign that he gave to him. And matter of fact, it was so powerful that he gave him signs, plural. But Moses only had to use one. Isn't that something? You're talking about a power and an authority that can come into a person's life. And we've got to embrace the very thing that our past doesn't like. We are rebellious by nature. And so we have a tendency in our flesh to come up against authority. But it's a very thing that we come against is the very thing that we so desperately need. We need the power of the Holy Ghost. We need the power of the name of Jesus Christ. We need him to speak the word in our lives. We need that. We've got to submit to that. We've got to humble ourselves to that. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. I'll give you an example. I don't want to flip around too much, but let me just say to you, here is uh, Peter and some of the disciples, and they come back from an all-nighter. They weren't in a bar. They weren't in some club. They were out doing their occupation. They were out on the lake, and they were, they were fishing, and they were fishermen, professionals. And they had their nets, and they had their boat, and they're out there. And they've been out all night long, and it wasn't, it wasn't leisurely fishing. You know, it wasn't just a rowboat and a cast out and kick back, put your hand behind your head, and just enjoy the sunshine. You know, it wasn't that kind of fishing. This was work. This was their occupation. This was their living. This is what paid the rent and the lights and the water and everything else, right? And so these, they come back, and they, he, they, they had worked hard, and, and, and they just getting back and got all the, everything done that had to be done at the end of the day, you know, get the nuts right and get the boat right and get everything ready for the next time we're going out. want everything to be just right. So that was part of their, their daily routine. And so here comes the Lord. And he comes walking up, and he says, um, let's get in the boat. He said, and I want you to cast out there a little bit, catch a little something. Peter looks at him. Lord, Lord, we, we just got back. He said, we've been out all night long. He said, we, we've toiled all night long. Now, that word is telling you they worked hard. They toiled. 
all night long, okay? And they had worked hard. And, and they're tired. And uh, all of us, he said, we, we've toiled all night. But little something got a little bit of a message across to Peter after he said that. He said, nevertheless, at thy word, at thy word, Okay. And so they cast it back out. Jesus giving them the promise. You're going to get a great catch. And Peter's like fighting that. Yeah, uh-huh. Been out here 24 hours. Ain't caught nothing. Didn't even get bait. <laughs> you know, you're going to send me back out here. I'm so tired. I don't even know if I can do anything. But okay, I'm submitting to it. You know, sometimes, sometimes, and a lot of times actually, that we have to, in spite of our weariness with life and our difficulties and bad past experiences we've had, and this one did me wrong and that one done me wrong and nobody understands and so many things, you know, and, and we build up a backlog of bad experiences that make us, there's a word they use, cynical. It's like we always look at everything like, yeah, I'm right. Uh, you know, we kind of build that up. It's kind of like sometimes you have to, you get a little defensive. You know, you have to be defensive. You know how we're defensive. <laughs> you know, we get defensive. We get a little, just a little bit defensive, you know. But, uh, <laughs> you don't like my Bruce Lee man? <laughs> From everything you know. Anyway, I don't watch the guy. I got nothing to do with him. Just know the name. But uh, I am saying to you that uh, we, we, we can defend and defend and defend until we become defensive. You know, everything is like. And this works against faith. This works against believing in the things that Jesus is doing. But I want you to understand that the, the future is bright. The future is inviting. Jesus has a great future for us. Okay? And so Peter goes out like he's told. He submitted. Everything is telling me this is a no-go. But because you said, I'm going to put my faith in you, Jesus. I put it in this, and it didn't work. Those folks put it in the Titanic, and it didn't work. Down to the bottom, okay? People put their misplaced, their God-given faith, right? They put it in the wrong thing. You got people in this world that's putting their, their faith in all kinds of get-rich-quick schemes, okay? And then they're misplacing their God-given faith, and they're sending it out somewhere because somebody said, Send me a portion of your tithe, and I'll send you a blessed hopping frog. Wherever he doth hopper, he doth bless it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll send you a little bit of dirt, a little piece of bony fragment that came from Jerusalem. Yeah. We misplace our faith. We, we're suckers for the wrong thing. We fall for it, you know. And then we get so bitterly disappointed when the ship don't roll in. But you know what Peter said, at thy word. He said, ah, we're going to do what you said. We're going we're gonna to give it one more shot here because I'm about to give it up. And so they went out and followed the word specifically. He said, cast out the nets on the right side for a big catch. And they did. 
Matter of fact, Jesus ran so many fish in there, their nets started to break. That was a good problem. Good problem when we don't have room with no new building. Okay? That's a good problem. That's a problem we like to have. And so, of course, the rest of it ended up that they had to call their partners in. More people got involved. And they loaded up the great catch, 153 big ones, the book says. And what a happy day it was. And boy, am I glad I did what the Word says. Am I glad that I submitted by my weariness and my tiredness and that I toiled all night long. I, and so many bad things have happened in my life. I'm so glad that I somehow obeyed and submitted. This was a real thing. There is a real thing. There is our God whose name is Jesus, and he did start the body of Christ. And he did send that body of Christ, the church, out into all the world. And they're bringing something to you that's going to represent an eternal future. Not a future that's limited to this flesh and this life and by reason of strength, 80 years. And even if you push it, the envelope to 100, okay? Still, it's going to end here. But guess what? For the church, that still becomes part of the old because that's going to pass away and he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. And there will be, that's world without end. It's not going to be any end to that, my friend. So we've got to get here in the pattern of letting the old go and embracing the new. Everybody said amen. amen. I know of cases where people have died in the Lord and the, and the family that were in the church and the church family and they prayed and the preacher prayed and God raised them from the dead and the first thing the person said, why did you bring me back? And it was so peaceful. I was so happy. And they began to describe what that experience was like. Oh, friend, you get into the new. You embrace this church. Simeon was in the church house, and they brought that babe that in him dwelled the fullness of the very God bodily. And he, they put that baby in his arms according to the law because that's all that they had at that time. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were written under the time period still known as the law. Things were in a transition. We were stepping out of the old law. And he took that baby up in his arms and he said, Oh, Lord, now I can depart in peace for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. I'm looking at the Christ child here. I'm looking at the future. I'm looking at the real thing. And we got all kinds of religions were running around there and kings running around there wanting to kill what he held in his arms. That's Revelation 12 when that dragon wanted to kill that child birthed by the woman. Come on, you got to wake up and realize the enemy wants to kill your future and you've got to say I want to embrace the future I'll live for the future I will be obedient and submissive to the future amen amen you got to let all things pass away and let everything become new you got to learn how the church does it how the body of Christ does it everybody said praise the Lord be seated. The Lord bless you. You've got to tell yourself Jesus wants to bring this newness into your life. And he wants you to know that you've got to be new to do that. You've got to be made new. He's not going to He's not going to take the old junk and mix it with the new stuff. He's not going to do that. Oh, we're going to die to the old. We're going to repent of the old. We're going to cut off the old. 
We're not going to be blessing the Lord out of this side and cursing out of this side. We're going to get rid of the cursing. We're going to get rid of the old. We're going to get delivered from that lifestyle. He's going to give us a new spirit, a whole new heart, a whole new spirit, a whole new attitude. It's going to be new in our lives. And we're going to, we're going to get rid of that old. We're going to let that pass away. We're going to die to that. We're going to start believing the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. We believe the de- on his death by repenting of our sins. And as we do that, then we're going to get baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. Then we're buried with him in water baptism. Thence we're believing the gospel on the burial. And then we're going to come up out of the water and begin to praise him. And from that second on, we're eligible to receive the free gift of the Holy Ghost. Death, burial, resurrection. Get the Holy Ghost, you're getting the power of the resurrection in your life. That resurrection power. Everybody said amen. Amen. It's not difficult. You repent. We will baptize you in Jesus' name, and God will fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's a death, a burial, and a resurrection. You're baptized in Jesus' name. You're born again of water, and you're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. You're born again of the Spirit, and that completes the new birth experience. That's salvation, and that's what you begin then. Why we have Romans to Revelation? Because as a newborn babe in Christ, then after that experience, then you begin to grow in grace and knowledge. You desire the sincere milk of the Word of God, and that comes from Romans to Revelation. Now that you've arrived, you can't skip over Acts. You've got you've to have Acts to get birthed. That's what it gives you the knowledge of. That's why Acts 2.38 is the most important verse in the whole Bible because it tells you in a nutshell, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I was preaching on the radio this morning, the young man that was there, he's filling in for the regular guy that he does from time to time, and he, he was sitting there and he was, I'm preaching, he's just, He's got the earphones on. He's just right behind me until I got to a certain verse. And then all of a sudden, it was like I hit him. He went. What happened? He's holding on to something old. He don't want to let go of that. Some old tradition. Jesus said, you, you, you teach things that are your tradition, and you reject the commandment of God. We have to let go of the old. And we've got to embrace what he brings us as the future, what is new, new to your mind, new to your way of thinking. We don't want to do it just because that's what everybody does, okay? We don't want, we want to do what Jesus said to do. And if that's contrary to what they're saying, well, you should expect that. You should expect that, okay? Because Jesus is going to bring to us a higher truth. He's going to bring to us something that's celestial. It's of the heavens as opposed to something that is terrestrial or of the earth, okay? We don't want to mind earthly things any longer. We want to begin to lift up our eyes and our hearts and our hands and start embracing the future that comes from heaven. He wants you to spend all of eternity with him. Only other option is to spend all of eternity with the devil, the old serpent, the dragon. You don't want to spend your eternity with him. And why will people? People will spend it there because they choose to keep the old. They will be making the choice that they'd rather be with the enemy and with torment and brimstone and fire for all of eternity to live with him. They will make the choice because they refuse to let go of the past. But you don't have to be that. You can let go of the past. 
Because Jesus said, I want to give you the experience that the old things don't pass away. Behold, all things are going to become new. Everybody said praise the Lord. Give God a big hand. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank God and thank God and thank God. And I'll tell you what, you can stand with me now. There is no greater experience, no greater experience than when you let go of the old and you get filled with the gift of the Holy you quit saying, well, that's how I always did it. Well, that's a sad, sorry, old song. Let's start singing a new song. Your Bible teaches that, okay? You won't sing a new song. It wants to take all that sad sack stuff out of your life. It wants to get rid of all of that, you know, mouth, lower lip on the ground like a vacuum cleaner. He wants to straighten you up, put a smile on your face, and put a joyful spirit.